Today on The Good Word, we're talking about the benefits of dissimilarity. As Aesop tells it, a long time ago, in the middle of nowhere, two men met on a road. Kind sir, said the first, will you guide me? I am blind and cannot see the way to the city to make my fortune. The second man laughed a little, not unkindly, and replied, I was about to ask you to help me, for I am paralyzed, my friend, and cannot go far unassisted. What a conundrum, they both thought. I might have a solution, my friend, said the blind man. I can't see, and you can't walk. But I can walk, and you can see. Climb on my back, and tell me where to go. The other man did so, laughing. Together we make one body. Let us operate as one man with twice the usual intellect. The pair set off, both contributing and both benefiting. We may or may not have physical disabilities, but no one can do everything. In the church, we're thrown together with a lot of people who have different abilities and life experience than we do. We bump up against each other, and sometimes we might find ourselves wishing everyone was a little more like us. Certainly, it would be easier if everyone could act and think the right way, which is obviously my way. The early Christians living in the city of Corinth might have been thinking like this when Paul wrote to them about unity. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he explains our differences are not just acceptable and understandable, but essential. For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. If the ear shall say, Because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased him, And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it, or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. Our identity as a part of the body of Christ is important. But our individual contributions and eccentricities are as well. We all have something unique to contribute. That doesn't necessarily mean cooperation in the church is going to be perfect. No group of people is going to harmonize flawlessly without everyone's irregularities knocking into each other. But even this is part of why the body of Christ works. As Elder D. Todd Christofferson explains this way, In the Church, we not only learn divine doctrine, we experience its application. As the body of Christ, the members of the Church minister to one another in the reality of day-to-day life. All of us are imperfect. We may offend or be offended. We often test one another with our personal idiosyncrasies. In the body of Christ, we have to go beyond concepts and exalted words and have a real hands-on experience as we live together in love. This religion is not concerned only with self. Rather, we are all called to serve. We are the eyes, hands, head, feet, and other members of the body of Christ. And even those members which seem to be more feeble are necessary. We need these callings, and we need to serve. 
Like the two men in the story, we can't do everything, but we can do something. In fact, we can most likely do something others can't do, and we have companions on the journey who can compensate for our weak areas with their strengths. We're all in the same boat. It would be foolish to try and go it alone, and the Lord knew it. So he organized his church for our betterment and perfection, though the members may be varied and sometimes even contrasting. Altogether, the body of Christ moves forward. And that's the good word.